Welcome to the Ladies Who Launch. Join Alyssa and Dakota every other Wednesday as we launch conversations about the chaos that is life. Tune in every other Wednesday and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. Beautiful day in the neighborhood and we're so happy to have you guys back for another episode. Today, Alyssa and I are sitting here in our... In person. In person. Like the first time in months we've actually recorded in person together. And funny story, we had a hell of a time getting our equipment set up this morning. We forgot all things. So ridiculous. We actually had to call um, our podcast guy, Alex, who we are going to have on the show in a couple months here. Actually, in about a month. Um, super exciting. But uh, yeah, no, we actually had to have an emergency Zoom call with him. Hilarious. Yes. Anyways. Where no one will ever, well, between the two of us, we will ever say that yeah. we are tech savvy. No. Well, I mean. We are and we're not. <laughs> it's we, like, we are where we have to be. Yes. Yeah. But, for, but otherwise, like, I get anxious. Like, I like kind of sit on my hands, like, as he's talking and I'm just like, I feel like I'm in like grade two all over again. I'm like, why is this making me I feel me like nervous? I'm just going to ruin everything. Yeah. I touch one thing on my computer. And it's like, it's my computer and I get weird. Like, anyway. The funny part though is when I'm teaching somebody else something, I seem to nail it. It's whenever I have to remember how to do something. It just like leaves my brain anyways. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start with a rant of the day. And uh, my rant of the day is within the online dating world. Oh, I yeah. am lady rant, lady, lady rant. rant, lady rant. So um, recently, I've gone back on to Hinge to try my hand at uh, some online dating. Um, it hasn't been all bad, but one of the things I just have to rant about is like just just how fake people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had like three people now be like no, I'm not interested in a FaceTime with you, but I would be really interested in seeing your Instagram profile. And I want to see that Instagram profile before I FaceTime with you. Like, excuse me, you're going to see the real thing in about five seconds. Like, why do you need to see my Instagram profile? Wait to see how many like boob shots or something that are on your Instagram. Like how vacuous can you be? Anyway. So that's my lady rant of the day. Yeah, it's online. Like, well, the whole dating. I mean, together, people. The whole online dating and just dating in general is such a huge kettle of fish that we could do a whole. We should do a whole episode on that because. Oh, we will. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I deleted all of my online stuff pre-COVID. Like, funny enough, like just at the beginning of 2020, because I was just so tired of yeah all of it. It's exhausting. It is. It really is. I think I might take a little breather here. We'll see. <laughs> Anyway, so today, um, as we're sitting here, um, you know, the world is starting to open up again a little bit, uh, but it's it's the middle of, it's the dead of summer. You know, everybody's kind of chilling. We thought we would do kind of a fun little episode on talking a little bit about traveling as an entrepreneur. Um, Alyssa and I both more recently have gone on some pretty large trips, more Alyssa than me. <laughs> I did my first big solo trip in the spring of 2019. Alyssa's done um, a lot more traveling, I think, I don't know if you've have you done solo? No, not not on that scale. Like okay. I've gone places myself, but not yeah. on a okay. month long solo excursion. No. Yeah. But either way, she's been to some pretty fantastic places. So we thought we would regale you guys with a couple travel stories and just talk a little bit about what it's like to leave for a prolonged amount of time as somebody who owns their own business. 
So I'm going to let Alyssa kind of start, kick this off, because I know she she did a pretty large trip to the UK shortly after starting her own business, a couple of years after starting her own business. And I'd like to know what that was like. And yeah, let's let's chat a little bit about your trip there, Alyssa. Well, it's interesting. The One of the main reasons I started my own business was to be able to travel. Like that was actually one of the purposes uh, because... As an employee, as we all know, when we when we are and were employees, you get an allotted amount of time a year, and it's it's never enough time for one thing, and it's it's usually only you're only allowed to take time off when it's convenient for your company for you to take that time, not when you want it, but when they are okay with you taking it. So that was actually one of the reasons I chose to work for myself was the flexibility to travel. I mean, I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, entrepreneurs have their own reasons for being entrepreneurs, but I think for a lot of people that is one, especially when you work completely for yourself. So I wanted to test out the the theory that I could go for an extended period of time because ultimately what I would love my business to be is that I'm working on a beach in Portugal and my business runs and no one needs to know I'm on a beach in Portugal but me. Um, so that's sort of the ultimate the ultimate goal with Alyssa Berry Communications is that. Um, so in 2018, uh, my best friend Karen and I, um, who's also my travel wife, um, and we've, <laughs> we've traveled the world together, but uh, we took a month-long uh, trip to the UK and that included... Um, Scotland and England together. And we were gone for a month. And it was sort of a bit of a test case for me um, because I had a lot of big things that were happening within the time I was gone. Um, A lot of big client events and client projects that had to be completed in my absence. So um, setting all that up was interesting and getting uh, the person on board that was going to cover for me and then making sure that all that was sort of um, covered off before we left. But Without getting too much into the sort of business end of it, um, what I discovered is it is completely possible to be gone for a month and have things uh, be taken care of in your absence. And I mean, that means emailing at midnight uh, UK time because that's eight o'clock Calgary time, um, but that's life. And making sure that you get someone competent and amazing to cover for you is the other next step. But the stories I think that came out of that trip, not only from a business perspective and that it can be done and you can leave your business and you should leave your business and we can get into the whys of why you do need extended periods times away um, to re-energize. But um, any trip that Karen and I take is some sort of like amazing race style <laughs> should be on a television show. <laughs> Uh, because we get into the craziest stuff and um, me being kicked off driving in Scotland, uh, I think is a whole thing in itself. Because as an entrepreneur, sometimes I'm not the best at taking directions. And so I I struggle with um, being told what to do. What to do. She, she, she's being modest. She struggles with being told what to do all the time. To be honest with you, like I feel, I, I wonder how you're not a Sagittarius. No, I'm not. I am an Aquarius though. So oh, we are kind of bossy. This is fair. So that's why we get along. Bossy Aquariuses. Um, but I think the the discussion that we want to have today is, is A, well, we're going to share some crazy travel stories because we've both been gone for extended periods from our business. But I think the bigger discussion is how to manage 
the the longer vacations and the time away because ultimately as entrepreneurs that's the goal is you want flexibility and you want to be able to take vacations and you want to be able to uh spend time in other locations without the 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 threat of your business cratering around you. So um, that's sort of my initial, um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about um, the the impetus of why that trip was important um, to be able to prove that I could do that. But um, you actually did it solo. Like, did. So you left your business. I mean, I've never traveled that length of time solo, but you yeah. left your business and traveled solo for an extended period of time. I did. Yeah. So I honestly did not start really traveling outside of North America until I was about 29. Um, When I was growing up in my 20s and finishing school um, and kind of after pre and post-university, I honestly just did not have the luxury to to travel. I was putting myself through school, um, trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do with my life, just like everybody else. And I didn't have the dollars to travel or do sort of that intrinsic exploration with myself. Right. The the traditional 20-year-old backpacking around Europe. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't do that either. No, no. So it's funny. I actually kind of chose to do this later on in life. Um, So yeah, long story short, Right after I I got uh, separated, I was like, you know what? The first thing I need to do is book a big trip and go do some eat, pray, love, and yeah. <laughs> more eating. But and, to be honest, yeah. to like, no, that's not why I went. But anyways, um, <laughs> I'd always wanted to go to to France, and so initially it was just going to be a trip to France, and it was going to be about two weeks long. And then I was like, hey, why not tack on Italy? I've always wanted to go there too. Uh, Might as well. Um, And then my grandma, who was born in Greece and moved here when she was 14 years old, uh, another another great story for another day. Um, She she called me and she's like, I hear you're going to Europe. Um, I'm going to be heading back to Greece for possibly the last time in my lifetime. We've talked about this for your whole life. Do you do you want to tack on Greece as well? So I was like, heck yeah. And she's like, and then while we're at it, let's just go to London for three days. And I'm like, okay, great. So yeah. So I essentially um was like, okay, so my my business is three years young and I have no one but me at all. Um, I definitely need somebody to come in and and take over some things while I'm gone, but I'm gonna just leave for for four weeks. Holy cow. And I'll be honest with you, like it was terrifying. And I uh but then I just ripped the Band-Aid and booked my tickets. Uh, I've actually booked a one-way ticket to London and that was it. And then it kind of was planned from there. But yeah, I left for four weeks. Um, I was with my family for the first 10 days and then the whole rest of the trip, the 20, 20, 21, 22 days, I was alone um, in France and Italy by myself. And it was great. Um, and yeah, it, as far as like leaving your business goes much to what Alyssa said. Um, luckily for me, one of my very, very savvy, communication savvy girlfriends volunteered to kind of go into a junior role for me to look after things while I was gone. Same person? Uh, Sh- Siobhan. Oh, Siobhan, sorry. Yeah, Siobhan. That was Danielle. No, it wasn't Danielle. No, we have a mutual friend named Danielle who kind of does work for us sometimes. But anyways, um, so yeah, I was lucky enough that Siobhan just kind of was like looking for some work and um, I gave her as much training as possible before I left and and she was kind of looking to, to be with me in the long run. Um, and so thank goodness for Siobhan, Siobhan, kudos to you, girl, because you saved me so I could go on this vacation. But yeah, essentially, um, she, she basically jumped, hit the ground running and looked after most everything for me while I was gone. 
But every morning, you know, I would wake up and I'd have a, an espresso and I would answer some emails. And the biggest thing for me was the time change. Those eight hours um, ahead while I was there. So Calgary was eight hours behind. So just kind of being cognizant of that, especially from a social media management standpoint, thank goodness for third-party posting software and Siobhan, because um, we had to, I couldn't really do my job from afar uh, without those two pieces. But yeah, it was quite the... I don't want to say it was like a soul-changing experience. What was really interesting for me was I thought it was going to be this big impetus to change. But really, I just came back a little braver and a little bit more confident. Um, Traveling alone for me wasn't scary at all. I remember sitting at a bar in Greece... um, kind of getting ready to be on my own the night before I left. I like left my family. I'm like, I'm going to go tootle around on my own in Athens and have a beer and sit with people who do not speak any English. And um, this is really bad. But at the time, you know, like I was going to chain smoke and (laughs) sit in the bar. Isn't it funny how everybody always picks up smoking when you're in Europe? It's (laughs) It's like suddenly we're all smokers. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. It's weird. I don't know why. No, and I just sat in this crowded bar full of smoke as Greece is. I don't know if anybody's been to Greece, but uh, Greece is like literally stepping back into the 1960s. Everybody smokes. It's like mad it's men everywhere. Too. It's kind of gross. But anyway, and I just sat there and um, I was like, this is really great. I'm really excited to be on my own. I've loved this time with my family, but I'm really excited to be on my own. And then off I went to Florence and I landed in Florence and um, the next night and one thing that I noticed with myself, because I was in a very weird place with my confidence, um, was off initially when I arrived in Florence, I was a little scared to leave my hotel room. And it wasn't for reasons that you might think. It was more that I had to put myself out there. I had to talk to people if I wanted excitement. I had to meet people if I wanted excitement. And I had chosen to stay in hotels over hostels because I'd never solo traveled. And I wasn't sure that at this age and time in my life, a hostel was where I really wanted to be. Um, Not to mention it was the first vacation I'd taken in a really long time. And the hotel that I'd booked upon arrival in Florence was quite nice. So I was kind of like treating myself. But yeah, it was interesting. um, The fear of like leaving and having to go face people but as of course, as soon as I did, it was it was excellent. Um, but I but one of the biggest takeaways for me for my solo travel was confidence. Yeah, like I really noticed some of the confidence issues I was having and the self love issues I was having that stemmed from some personal um, adversity that I had just faced really got caught up with me in Europe. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, my sort of first, I mean. I talk about the UK kind of being the first foray into an extended time away from my business that had been already underway because it was I was three years in um, to my business. But I what just after I started my business, so when I left my job and um, decided to go out on my own, um, which was a which was a whole other conversation itself. We could do a whole story of our decisions to to, to leave our jobs and and go out on our own because that's an interesting interesting story in, in, in itself. But so. I had started my business in March and this would have been in 2015 because I'm five years in. So, um, well, my, again, my best friend uh, makes an appearance and she was working on a um, a project for a public television, um, international public television, where they have these conferences and, and stuff. And the conference that year was in Tokyo. And uh, so she had gone over to Tokyo to manage this conference and said, Hey, why don't you come meet me 
in Japan. Like, come meet me in Tokyo and we'll travel Japan. And this and this was in May. So I just started my business in March and literally had nothing, like no clients yet. No, just a whatever. Yeah, so that's scary. I know, right? So yeah. May, and I'm like, sure, why not? I will like I have nothing else going on. I just started this business and there's not not work yeah. ha- like not work hanging out. I mean, I had a couple smaller things, but nothing major. So yeah, I picked up and bought a ticket and flew to Japan, uh, flew to Tokyo to meet her. And then we spent the next eight nine days like traveling Japan and went to Osaka and Kyoto and all of that. So I'm never one. I think those of us that are entrepreneurs in itself is sort of a risk. Yeah. taking endeavor like that we choose to leave yeah in, in, at least in my security. case the security right in yeah. my case it was yeah leaving a, a well-paid secure job um to go it on your own so that is already sort of inherently risky so for me to just like buy a ticket and go meet my friend in in Japan just seemed like yeah that's what yeah. makes sense um so that was it sort of how did it feel to leave? Like, it was like right when you were taking this giant leap already of starting a business, like how did it feel to be like, okay, this is what I need to kick this off? It was, for me, I think a lot of it was mm-hmm. what you felt um, after your separation mm-hmm. and going on having to find yourself and, and, yeah. and self-confidence. The the position, the, the job that I was in that I left to go to start on my own was like super toxic and... Um, just very mentally difficult for me. So it was it was an opportunity for me to sort of realize that I can do this. So not only can I have my own business or that I'm that I'm smart enough and like a Stuart Smalley thing, I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, <laughs> whatever that I can actually run a business, but that, yeah, like bite me. Yeah. I can go because I'm on my own. I can buy a ticket and go to Japan. So that for must me, have felt empowering. Yeah, it was super empowering. Like to to fly over um, on your own, um, and like it was kind of that first little bit was solo travel. I mean, you had to get on the like do the whole thing and fly to Japan by yourself, <laughs> um, and then get on the transit bus and find the hotel and that whole thing. But um, that's the part I hate. The other part is the part that I love. <laughs> I know once you're there, yeah. it's fine. But it's the traveling yeah. by yourself. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, for me, it was kind of an interesting... I, I find that a lot of my... How I've lived my life, like both pre-entrepreneurship um, and post-entrepreneurship, is just following my gut. Yeah. Um. I mean, I started my business on a whim. Like, there was no pre-thought about, this is how I want it to be. And, oh, I just went to the yeah. register and registered a business name. And I'm like, I'll figure it out later. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I've always... Same. Been as myself. Mm-hmm. So to like fly off with no money and meet my friend in Japan, have at her. Yeah. Um, and leave my business for a month and go tootle yeah. around your or to around the UK. Like those are things that that's just who you are. That's who we are. Yeah. And I think we've got to embrace that because the more we get too attached to our day-to-day business lives, and I think yeah, for me, the UK in particular, um, and being away for a month, um, it allowed me to let go yeah. of all those day to day like worries that I have because a I knew I had someone competent that was um, handling things for me, but it makes you understand that the things that we think are a big deal on a day to day basis aren't no. because you can't handle that stuff when you're thousands no. of kilometers away, right? And no. so you come back and look at your business differently, and the fact that I don't need to do all this stuff, and also who you want to work with, right? Right. Right. Because we've talked in the past a little bit about 
those clients that, you know, need more of an employee than a consultant. Yes. And you kind of figure that out halfway through your contract. Yeah. Like if you have clients, like knowing that they know that you're away for a month in the UK and they are still needy and irritating, yeah. then you then you know yeah. coming when you get back from your holiday, it's like it's time to cut them loose. Yeah. And it's not them at all. It's just more like approaching them and saying, hey, you know, it looks like given our hours and whatnot that this might be a better fit for an in-house person. Right. And you'd probably be saving more money as well. Yeah. I think what I also failed to kind of remember is that I, when I was um, with my ex, we were together since I was 21 years old. So when we separated, I was essentially starting a very new, very different, very new chapter. And so the impetus for me wanting to go travel on my own was was almost sort of an exercise in solidarity um, and... Or not solidarity, sorry, in solitude. Right. Um, figuring out if I was comfortable with solitude, getting comfortable with solitude again. And one of the things I, you know, kind of really tried to delve into when I was alone was how do I feel sitting here having dinner by myself? Um, I've never been one to have a lot of problems with being alone. I definitely love it, crave it. I'm an I'm an only child. So I need my space, especially after an excessive amount of time around people. And God love my family, but um I had such a blast with them in London and Greece. But by the time I got to Florence, I was I was very much like I'm I'm excited to like go tootle around and do what I want and eat what I want and drink what I want and and all the things. Um however after like four dinners alone, I did find myself craving company. And then that's when I started to talk to people and I made lots of friends, like more than I can even count. I had countless dinners with other couples because the tables in Europe are so close together. Yeah. I was invited... Pre-COVID. Oh yeah, pre-COVID. <laughs> There's like a screen now. Yeah. Um, I was invited to dinner with other people after we got gabbing. Like it, it was really wonderful. But yeah, I did notice that I did have a bit of a discomfort with uh, not like traveling solo, but that I missed having someone to share it with. The sharing, yeah. Because for me, I'm I'm a very giving, like intensely passionate person and I'm all about talking and, and sharing things with people. So that's where I struggled a little bit with the solo travel. Um, from a business standpoint though, one of the things I was going to say is I was also coming off of having a dual income and support with someone. And so when I chose to leave my business for a month, to go travel, I, I was probably only about, you know, nine, tw- nine to 12 months young of running this business completely on my own and, and, and knowing that like full well that I'm only relying on myself to survive. So it's not to say that my ex and I supported each other to the point that had one of us lost our jobs, we couldn't figure it out. Um, certainly we both, you know, contributed and whatnot. However, having that dual income is definitely a lot more secure than than having the single income, right? And you also have somebody to talk to and lean on and all the things. And so it was a little bit terrifying leaving. And even now, like I'm supposed to be leaving for vacation in about 10 days here. And I found myself, there's been a couple of projects with clients, really big projects that I've honestly never really done before. Um, they're going to be dropping right when I leave. And I've actually found myself thinking, I need to cancel a vacation because it's almost too stressful to go on vacation. But then I look at myself and I'm like, no, Dakota, you've got to get a capable team. You're fine. They can handle it. You just need to be organized enough to make sure that they can handle it so that you can go on vacation. But I think the biggest thing to note is, you know, as an entrepreneur, you do have the freedom to go do these things. And if you have a business 
where you don't have a brick and mortar, or even if you have a brick and mortar and you've got staff looking after things while you're gone, um, I think the biggest thing to note is that it's it's a work-life integration thing. Um, you are going to probably have to check your email and it depends on the type of person you, you are. But th- I would but say... Who, that, who wasn't checking their emails as a staffer? Like, don't yeah. you remember going on holidays when you were a corporate I staffer? Didn't. Oh, it was always like no. an expectation that you would... No. I mean, when I worked in agency, yes. Because it was similarly simil- similar to work, to being uh, to having my own my own show, but no, what, like when I worked at the YW, for instance, in nonprofit. No, I never did. No, I could the leave expectation for two weeks. now, and I think that's why people who are um, still in the in in the corporate world that are um, worker bees. Uh, struggle with holidays and stuff because there's still an expectation that you would... I mean, even when I was in India, for crying out loud, I was expected to go on and like submit like a timesheet to get paid. And I'm like, what year is this? Isn't it? I mean, all those sorts of things, you're just like, give me a break. So I think you're right in the fact that as entrepreneurs, we have to restructure our thought processes and the fact that it's our show. Yeah. So we can we can produce the show any way we want to. Right. Like we do not have to be at um in those traditional sort of model of no. what a business and especially it's 2020. Like we can yeah. work, I mean, we can't work anywhere right now, let's be honest. Yeah. But like generally in the world like we're in, you can yeah. work anywhere. And like there is no sense to this whole whole thing that like you have to be in Calgary to manage your Calgary clients. Well, it's like yeah. we have clients that don't live in Calgary. So yeah. what's the difference if we're not, you no. know, in the location? So I think it's it's a learning that many entrepreneurs have to sort of grapple with and the fact that like, yeah, you you're you don't have to fall into traditional, um, the traditional no. business model. And you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. No. And you know what? I think a lot of larger organizations and corporations also are realizing through COVID and just in general um, and should start realizing that it shouldn't be like that regard- anyway. Regardless. Um, so this whole, going back to this whole conversation about I didn't have to check my email for two weeks when I worked for YW. Me as a person though... I wanted to be able to do that. Like, and the the dynamic was very much when you're on vacation, you're on vacation. And and this, this I think, lends to that whole idea that being an entrepreneur is, ni- entrepreneur is nice because you do get to run your own show. If you're the type of person that for sanity reasons and organizational reasons wants to check your email so that you're not hit with a shit ton of work when you get back and feeling totally overwhelmed, then you should be able to be that person. I think employers need to start recognizing and valuing the the type of people that they are hiring. Right. If somebody says, no, I would like to check my emails on vacation because for my own mental health, it helps me. Um, that's fine. And then conversely, no, I need to completely turn off my phone. And then as an entrepreneur, if you're the type of person that needs to go offline for a week completely, first of all, make the decision to have the type of business where you can do that. And yeah. secondly, Staff that staff the your your business to make sure that you can do that right. Yeah, I think for me when I'm on vacation, I need to be checking what's going on every day because otherwise I wonder it bothers me and I can't relax. However, that being said, I need to know. <laughs> I need sorry somebody's <laughs> they're like weed whacking outside my uh, window st- right now. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. I don't even know if we can you can hear it, but anyways, um, 
we're just both like, what is happening? What is happening? It's summertime. Um, I, I also think that, you know, I will say to my team, okay, guys, I'm going to, you know, tune out for an entire 24 hours. I won't be checking my emails. I won't be checking anything. Let me know by this time if you need anything. And it's just all about that communication, right? It's, it's all about the infrastructure and processes and operational kind of um, foundation to be able to do that, that stuff. So totally true. And it gets back to what you were saying earlier about hiring and working with the right people. So if you are an entrepreneur that wants to be able to go work on a beach in Portugal and um, be accessible and, and, uh, um, and, and travel, then ensure that you are hiring the same style of people like that understand that, um, that wonderlust lifestyle and, and accept that they're going to be sort of running the show while you're gone. Like getting the right people on board and getting the right processes in place so that you can do that. So even from my perspective, being in the UK and I had those two big projects that I had taken on before I left, um, I had someone that is similar in me. I didn't have to worry that the, the tasks would not be completed. And so she ran into some difficulties with one of the projects while um, I was gone. But she knew that it was at the point where it was like, it it was an emergency enough that she could just text me and I would be on it. And that I would take care of it even though I was in the UK. And I did. So knowing that you have the, the people in place when you're gone that can handle everything and know when they have to contact you is really it, it made the it made the holiday for me because right. I just didn't have to worry about the day to day. Although I was sending out news releases in from the hotel room in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah. So there it is. Right. Like there's gonna be times where you have to do stuff and there's gonna be times yeah. when you don't. Um and I think it comes down to do you enjoy your life? Do yes. you enjoy this process? Is it does it feel like work for you? Because if it feels like work and you're dreading it and you're resenting it, something has to change, right? right. And that's a conversation for another day. Right. We are almost out of time, but before we take off here, I want to hear about this driving story from Alyssa. And then I have a really quick story for you guys from another trip that I did. Um, actually, no, sorry, from my trip to Greece. But Alyssa, tell us a little bit about this, you getting kicked off of driving. Of the driving. Um, so obviously everyone knows that in the UK, uh, you drive on the other side of the road and the steering wheel's on the other side of the car. So uh, we... Spent the first little bit in in London, and so we had the first uh, three four days in London, and then we took the train up to Edinburgh, and um, and from Edinburgh, so we had one or two days in Edinburgh, and then from Edinburgh we rented a car and drove all through uh, Scotland, and then drove back down to London to fly home. So that was the bulk of the time. So we pick up the car at the Edinburgh airport. Now the car was in my name because I booked the rental car. So I did the first bit of driving. So we go and get this like little whatever car <laughs> out of the part, out of the lot at the Edinburgh airport. Um, the cabbie that drove us to the airport, totally you could tell he was just like rolling his eyes thinking that the two of us were going to be driving a car through Scotland, you could tell he was just like laughing. Because, I mean, Karen and I are fairly um, ridiculous at the best of times, but we were kind of, <laughs> he was kind of like, yeah, good luck. Um, anyway, so we get in this little car and I had to, like, I've never driven 
Um, I, we were smart enough to get an automatic, like at least I was smart enough to book an automatic and not a standard because I would have no idea how to run a standard with my left hand. God. Stick, can you, like, I can't. Anyway. I can't drive standard, which is horrible because I'm a massive car enthusiast. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, standard with my left hand, I would have no <laughs> idea. Anyway, so I navigate out of the parkade um, at the Edinburgh airport and get out onto the main highway. And so Karen's doing the navigating because we were getting, we were going to the coast. And so we were, that was our first destination was a little coastal town. Well, holy mother of God, like I could not for the life of me, I struggled so hard with the different sides of the road. It was a really, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not the best with that situation. But anyway, we... I get out on the freeway and like you're exiting off the wrong side and it's a whole thing. So we get to the um, little town and in one piece and it was all great and blah, blah, blah. So day two, was it day two or day three? Like we, we switched off um, driving, but I think it was, it was day two when it was clear that I probably shouldn't be driving when I entered the roundabout on the wrong side. So there's people coming. I mean, thank God it wasn't busy. It wasn't scary. It wasn't a busy roundabout. And the guy that the truck that was behind me sort of just stopped and realized that, oh, you're an idiot. And oh my God. so I had to turn around. It was and like it was just, it was so ridiculous. So at that point, I was like, oh yeah, maybe because I just couldn't spatially get the whole yeah. clockwise versus counterclockwise. Well, then I we were driving through and I we both really, really struggled with driving through the super small little towns in Scotland because the streets are so narrow. Yep. And I started hitting the um, the uh, mirrors on the parked car. No, you didn't. Oh my God. This is like freaking National Lampoon over I here. I told you, like every every trip we take is some <laughs> sort of amazing, like I, should, I have a whole plethora of Japan stories oh too. But um, yeah, I started hitting the, the, the mirrors on the parked cars. And then, oh, Alyssa. And so... Of course, I'm not like I'm in the middle and I'm trying to like get away from the trucks coming at me because I just yeah. couldn't understand how like buses and trucks could come like right at you on this little town road. And so I, oh, yeah. like, I'd like overcompensate and then I'd hit them. It was ridiculous. So then, so then the next day, Karen nicely said, she's like, Do you like driving? And I was like, No, not really. She's like, Well, why don't I just take over the driving and you can navigate? Wow, she's so good at that. Yeah. I would have been like, dude. <laughs> I think like, she was like probably concerned that I was going to like lose my shit or something about being told I was awful. But I'm like, no. I think, yeah, hitting the parked car mirrors, Even now your poor face is getting red. Oh, it was so embarrassing. No. Anyway, but um, I was a great it's navigator. Adorable. But yeah, she had to spend the rest of the trip driving, which is hugely stressful. And kudos to her. Because when we finally got that friggin' car, and we hated that car so much, it was like, it was just- Was it? It was a Peugeot or something. Some French oh, crap. Yeah. And uh, when we when we finally got it back, <laughs> Alyssa, <laughs> it was well. The French aren't known for their cars. Let's be honest. okay. It fair. It, it wasn't, wasn't a German, BMW or an. It wasn't a German. No. It wasn't German engineering. Like, I understand. Yeah. Um, it was like it had a little lawnmower motor. It was like the craziest oh, little car. Oh god, like four cylinder, no yeah. torque. Oh, I'll show you dear. photos. I'll, I'll post. We'll post <laughs> photos on our Instagram page of this little car. Yes, please do. Um, I'm like imagining Aziz on sorry with like you sticking out of the sunroof because you guys have gotten. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Stuck. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was super stressful for her. And I mean, kudos to her for driving for the rest of it. Because when we got, we finally got the car back to the lot at the, uh, at Heathrow. Yeah. Um, I literally threw the, the, 
threw the keys in the car and we left it. And the guy like was running after us, like to get me to sign the bill. I'm like, I don't care. We just, we were so sick of the stupid car. I don't care. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. Okay. My story kind of involves a vehicle as well, but, um, So after about 10 days of intense sightseeing throughout London, Athens, and a couple of other smaller areas in Greece, we ended up in this little town called Delphi, which is up high in the mountains. And my family was like, we're going to go see this sacrificial oracle thing. And we were standing at our hotel and I saw a pamphlet for paragliding. And I was like, yeah, you guys have fun with that. I'm going to down a beer and I'm going to go jump off a mountain and go paragliding. I've always wanted to do it and what a perfect place. And it was beautiful and sunny and lovely. So I called the guy that owns the place. His name's Yanni. And I'm like, hey there. And he, thankfully he spoke a little bit of English. I'm like, I'd, I'd really like to go paragliding. Uh, we're, we're here for like a day. Um, is there any way you can get me in in the next hour? And he's like, yeah, you got to get down here like within the next 40 minutes. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to have a quick lunch with my family, down a beer and then come meet you. So I wish I would have gone earlier and I'll tell you why in a minute. But anyways, I went and had lunch because I was I was a little nervous. Um, and then I jumped in a cab and I took a cab 40 minutes into the next town, which is down by the ocean uh, and directly below Delphi, which when you get to the next town called Atia, Delphi is about, I want to say, 600 meters above Atia. I get to the next town and it was probably my second time being alone in a foreign country, uh, 40 minutes away from my family. Here I am meeting a total stranger to go jump off a cliff and go paragliding. Uh, for those of you who don't know, paragliding is essentially when you run off a cliff attached to a giant kite and you fly over things and then land probably quite precariously somewhere. So, <laughs> something that I would never do. <laughs> um, so, anyways. I park by the gas station that they tell me to meet them at. And here's Yanni, six foot four Greek Adonis. So part part of me is like, you are so beautiful. The other part of me is like, you are huge. And if you're a bad man, I'm fucked. (laughs) Language warning. Sorry, sorry. We all know that this is not... There's there's not a lot of couth on this cast. Yeah, not a lot of kids listening either. It's weird. Sorry, Alyssa. (laughs) So, um... So here's Yanni and his counterpart who doesn't speak any English and they pull up in a very old 1984 something Toyota, like super low to the ground truck, super low suspension, probably shot suspension. And it's got one of those giant shift sticks uh, right in the middle of the the dash and underneath the dash, right? And it's like comes up out of the floor. And uh, Yanni looks at me and he's like, is this okay? Like, sorry, it's not more luxurious. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'm from Alberta. Like, I won't even start with that. we know bad (laughs) trucks. It's fine. (laughs) But the best part was both of these men were over six feet tall. The gentleman on the other side was probably pushing 300 pounds. And it's like a tiny, tiny truck. So here I am, five foot two, um, like squished in the middle of these two giant Greek guys and there's nowhere for the shift stick to go but between my legs. Uh-huh. Super fun. Luckily for me, dude on the uh, driver's side was like very like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel like I'm disrespecting you. And I'm like, it's fine. Like there's, you know, we all have to fit in this vehicle. So we proceed to venture up a mountain and um, we're driving along and Yanni's like, okay, so we're going to go to the top of this mountain and we're going to test the the wind. Like, it's too bad that you went for lunch. I should have told you to come sooner because like, I don't actually know if we're going to be able to fly. And I'm like sitting there 
like really, really excited, but like so freaking nervous that I'm about to jump off of a freaking cliff. Um, and I'm like trying to build myself up. I'm like, we better get to go because otherwise it's going to be like the worst letdown of my life. Cause I am like so full of angst right now. And as we're driving up this mountain, a massive like 120 pound wild dog legitimately <laughs> runs across, like jumps across our hood. I'm not kidding. Then it comes back, attacks our vehicle, takes a giant bite out of the bumper. Three more dogs come and they're jumping at our windows trying to kill us. I am not kidding. I'm like, I'm just stunned. I'm, yeah. I'm like, what? Yanni, what's happening? He's like, oh, don't worry. They're just wild dogs. I'm like, what? 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 Are they werewolves? No, they're just wild dogs. Okay, fine. So we leave. We get to the top of the mountain. And after all of that... Like, my heart is just like, I feel like I'm going into surgery. Um, He's like, oh, no, the wind, we can't. It's too dangerous. Like, it's just not right. And at this point, I'm like, I'm at the top of a mountain with two six-foot giant Greek guys. We've just been attacked by wild dogs, and we're not flying. What is how? Oh, my God, what is happening? So I'm like, okay, I just really hope I'm not going to die. bad movies start. Yes. So then we proceed to come back down the mountain, find out that we that they have taken me up a mountain and trespassed on private property to go to go uh, parasailing. And the reason the dogs attacked us was because they protect a goat farm that's nearby. The farmer of the goat farm proceeds to get into a 30-minute long argument with, with my two pilots and is arguing with them in Greek and like yelling at me, saying things about Canada, swearing. I'm picking up like the, the little bit of Greek that I have learned throughout my childhood. You're like the one hated Canadian <laughs> anywhere in the world. And like, like I, I actually Dakota. started laughing and <laughs> farmer guy was not okay with me. So anyways, this all ends with us ending up back in Atia. Turns out Yanni's like the coolest dude ever wouldn't hurt a fly. He. It turns out the wind really did just suck. He's super disappointed that I can't go parasailing. So he promises one day in the near future to take me if I come back free of charge, blah, blah, blah. doesn't charge me. But then I look at him and I'm like, Yanni, you know, like my adrenaline is here and like I'm super disappointed. Like this was like the biggest letdown ever. What else do you got for me? Is there like a hike around here I can do? Like, can you take me to do something else? And he's like, sure, sure. He's like, if you trust me, I mean, I know we've been just been attacked by wild dogs. And he's like, I screamed at by some Greek farmer. He's like, this is Greece, Dakota. It's Greece. This is like the perfect story for you. So um, he's like, I'll take you on the hike that I take my daughter on. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. So we end up driving into an olive grove, a very quiet olive grove for about 40 minutes to the to, to the bottom of a cliff. So we drive through an olive grove for 40 minutes, just me and this guy that I don't know. And he literally stops at the bottom of a cliff and goes, I'm dropping you off here. You're hiking up the cliff. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, don't worry. There's no, what do you call in, in English? Rapists here. You're fine. <laughs> Oh my God. What? I'm like, he's like, you wanted a hike. Like, this is how you get back up to Delphi. Like, you're going to hike to Delphi. And I'm like, okay. So he's like, trust me, Dakota, you're going to be fine. I'm like, okay. So I did not prepare myself for this. I thought maybe he'd like drop me off, like, I don't know, at a walk. So I was also wearing like runners with no grips on them. I had my wallet and my water bottle with no pack. So here I am, the middle of nowhere. Yanni's like, text me when you get back to Delphi so I know you're okay. And he leaves me. 
because I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll be fine. So I proceed to hike up a 600 meter cliff that goes up quite quick. Um, back to Delphi for, I made it in an hour and a half before a rainstorm came. And the last part of the story that's hilarious is as I got to the top and was like, okay, that was a great day. I didn't die. Everything's great. That's a great story. A freaking dog comes out of the bushes and starts like salivating at the mouth and barking at me and losing its shit. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the end of me. That's a wild dog. I'm dead. And it was a little old man with his dog. And I screamed bloody murder because I was just on edge the whole time I was on this hike. And yeah, and then I made it back up to Delphi and had a very well-deserved half a bottle of wine. Only half? Okay, fine. It was the full bottle. indeed. (laughs) As you should. But see, let's just like full circle this back to to business. Yes. There probably wasn't a moment in this entire situation that you were concerned about social centric. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. In fact, I don't think I even touched my phone. (laughs) Obviously. I took a picture of the hike at the end of it, I think, because it started. Yeah. Anyways, but wow. Yeah. So, so there it is. You can travel and own a business. You can, and we've done it. And, um, I encourage everyone to look at how they're currently living their life and managing their business and knowing that um, you'll never have enough money. You'll never have enough time. So don't sit on that and be like, oh, I don't have money to do this. Because it'll never happen. Just go and enjoy. You can get tons of great experiences without having to spend a lot of money. And as the world starts to reopen, there's going to be great deals um, as people and and places want tourists because that's... Apparently Hawaii is reopening. Yeah, they're finally sort of opening the islands there. So yeah, take a look and realize that we've all gone through a hugely mentally financially, physically stressful time these last six months. So if you, as as things start to open and if you see good deals, even if it's like somewhere close by, but that you can get away and just um, shut your mind off for a week, go do it. And honestly, domestic tourism right now is hugely important. Yes. Go support Um, your local um, operators. Go support your local communities. It's super important. Do it, do it, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, have a great... uh, rest of your week, guys, and we'll catch up with you uh, in two weeks. Thanks for listening to Ladies Who Launch with Dakota and Alyssa. We drop new episodes every other Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. 